So glad to be back in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night. And uh, we're going to pick up in Mark eleven twenty four and tie back into some things Austin was dealing with the last couple of times. Faith is acting upon and speaking the Word of God. Faith is acting upon and speaking the Word of God. I think people have a misconception that faith is a way of feeling. And, uh, you know, people can search for a feeling. And if I could just work up a feeling, then I could receive from the Lord. But faith is acting upon and speaking the word of God. Sense knowledge speaks the word of man. Faith speaks the word of God. The sense knowledge man acts upon sense knowledge. What man knows only by what his five senses can tell him. Let me tell you what the last three years should tell us and inform us how dangerous this is. Because if, if sense knowledge, if, if uh, the sense knowledge man acts upon sense knowledge, what, can, what man knows only by what his five senses can tell him, think about how dangerous this is. Because everybody's lying. You know, so what happened in my personal life is I was, because I'm a pastor and I love people and I don't want to see anybody messed up. And so, so there's a difference between what Gene's doing and what Gene and Sue are doing versus our public policy. You understand? Because this all has to be balanced. And, and we love people. We don't want to see anybody damaged or messed up. And so three years ago, I started doing what I've never done, and that is paying attention to MDs. I've never done that in my life. And we befriended one in particular. She has been a great blessing to us. And, uh, but then over time, paying attention to those doctors got me connected to paying attention to doctors that are into healthy lifestyle, healthy eating, preventative lifestyle, and, uh, and then you find out more bad news. You know, the food pyramid's a lie. They've been lying to us, <laughs> you know. Uh, so when you operate by sense knowledge, this is completely and totally dangerous. And then, like uh, TikTok, Austin in a message was sharing about how they've proven, I mean, they've done studies on this, that young girls that watch too much TikTok develop Tourette's syndrome. Well, this is spiritual. This is spiritual. There's a, there's a spiritual repercussion. And uh, so when I stood up here, Holy Week Revival 2020, and I said some outrageous things, but they've all come to pass. Uh, I wasn't operating by sense knowledge. I was operating by revelation knowledge. And uh, let's face it, you can study, you can research, and still not know you're coming to the right conclusion because which voice are you watching, what, what person are you watching, what voice are you listening to? This is a plethora of information, and we're bombarded with more information than ever before. 
But the word man, the word woman, see, they have a, they have a built-in baloney detector. You see what I'm saying? And they may not understand. I've stood right out here and talked to people, and, and they didn't research. They didn't do any research. They didn't follow doctors. They didn't do any of that. But somehow they just intuitively knew. And it's the Spirit of God. Yes, yeah, somebody might say it's the Spirit of God. But I believe it's that spending time in the Bible, spending time in the Word of God. You know, it's a, it's a different kind of knowledge. It's a different kind of revelation. It's a different kind of information. And God gets no credit. You know, Ted Cruz says Google's the, the, the most evil company on the planet. And he's probably correct. But think about this. When you're trying to find a verse in the Bible, if all you remember is two or three words, you can search it and find it. Now, why is that? Because the words that are in the Bible are the same words that are in the dictionary. They're the same words that are in the New York Times. They're the same words that are in Time Magazine. But the order of the words, the way they were put together was God. And so if you just remember two or three words and, and you type it in there, you'll find the verse. Because his word is not like anybody else's word. Can you see that? His word, Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. So uh, you got a guy on TV. This was two, two, well, I think this was maybe three, maybe four weeks back. You know, one of these uh, uh, talking heads. Uh, and he said, you know, I, I should have got the fifth shot. You know, I had four shots and I got COVID real bad. So I screwed up. I should have got the fifth shot. See, it, it, what's happening to people that are filling their mind with what dumb people are saying? Well, then you can't help but go make dumb decisions. Can you see that? And, and then we have all of these voices coming from all of these directions. So how do we know what to do? See, faith, the faith man, the faith man acts upon the word of God. Now, I know, I know, I know people might say, well, that's, there's some risk to that. <laughs> well, that's the advantage of having some decades on me. Uh, and, and I know you all think I'm a faith guy, but really I'm a risk management guy. And I, I'm, I, I don't believe in not managing risk. But I'm here to testify. I'm here to lift my hands. I'm here to give credit and glory and honor to God that there is no risk in doing what God says do. Amen. There's no risk in following the written word of God. There's no risk. There's no risk. There's no downside. Now, I'm not saying you won't be challenged in it. Because the, the, you think the devil's just going to let you pull ahead and get healed and get rich and be happy? You no, no, no. He's going he's gonna to try and mess with your home and mess with your family and mess with your body and mess with your money. This is what he does. The thief cometh not, 
but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So the sense knowledge man acts upon sense knowledge. And we've seen the last three years how dangerous this is. What man knows only by what his five senses can tell him. But the faith man acts upon revelation knowledge. Nobody. 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 A hundred years from tonight is going to be an eternity and say to somebody else, I wish I'd done what Fauci said. <laughs> Nobody. But there are people in eternity right now by the millions, and they sure wish they'd done what Jesus said. Amen. By the millions. Can you see that? So when we walk by revelation knowledge, when we walk by the word, when we walk by the knowledge that comes to us by the written word of God, and not by the knowledge that comes to us by what we can see, taste, touch, hear, or smell, we're actually living for eternity. We're actually living with eternal values because it's not all about right now, not all about how I feel, not all about what's going on right now. And when I, when I discipline myself, and it is a discipline, to take action on the Word of God, um, I'm living for eternity. So first the faith man believes in his heart, then the faith man believes in the words on his own lips. And what, we, what we've been saying the last two or three weeks is this is a different level. To believe in the word of God is faith. But then there's another level, and that is to believe in your own words and to have confidence it's not this Sunday, but it's coming up. The, the faith of the centurion. To, to just take Jesus at what he said and go. That's, that's faith at another level. And then to have faith like Peter and John at the gate called beautiful and to tell someone to rise and walk. And then it's actually riskier to help them up. I mean, if you say rise and walk and they don't rise and walk, well, look, I, I did my part, but he goofed up. But if, if you help him up, well, now what? Now, now you're on the line. You're standing, you're standing with God. You're standing with the Word of God. You're standing on what, well, for Peter and John, they were standing on what Jesus taught them to do. And I think we're too mindful of personal risk. I think we're too mindful of our reputation. We're not to be mindful of our reputation. We're to be mindful of his reputation. Amen. When you can bring yourself to that place where you have faith in your own words, that gives you power over demons and disease and circumstances. This is why Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I send you with things for every desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And I don't know why this is foreign to people. I don't, you know, uh, three years ago, everybody was confessing they were going to get COVID. You know, they were believing they receive, you know. And we just, and that's not insane, but it's insane to say, well, I believe, I believe I receive the health of God in my body from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And I believe I'm not getting that. Amen. You know, uh, it's from China. It's from a heathen land. Doesn't have anything to do with me. And people say we're nuts. 
People, people believe and confess the negative all the time, and they don't even think about it. They believe and confess the negative all the time, and they don't even think about it. Now, before COVID, you'd hear people say, well, you know, the Hong Kong flu's coming. I'll probably get it. Even with the Fed raising rates and all the disruptions in the economy, when you, when you get away from Faith Christian Center people, are people positive or negative? They're incredibly negative. You know, when you hang out with your own tribe, you don't hardly notice any difference. But when you get away from Faith Christian Center people, they're, they're negative. Amen. So what things serve you desire, see, has not been in your possession yet, but it's just as real to you as though they were because you're believing you receive. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. Amen. Say it out loud. The money's coming. Yeah, it's on the way. Amen. The money's coming. Amen. And things may seem impossible. You know, they have printed so much money. We, <laughs> we're working on drawing phase two. You know, they have printed so much money. I mean, in the natural, I don't even know that I could make it work on a, using algebra on a computer. Well, it doesn't matter. The money's coming. See, in other words, if you have enough to put down, the math will work. Doesn't matter what it costs. If you have enough to put down, then the algebra works. Amen. So the money's coming. Amen. Money's coming. The money's coming. Amen. Healing's coming. Amen. I said healing is coming. Amen. Prosperity's coming. Amen. Success is coming. Amen. Amen. Everything you've been praying about, it's on the way. Amen. Say it out loud. It's coming to me. It's, it's, on, to me. it's on the way. It's on the way. Amen. Because he said, he said, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. I mean, there are people here tonight, you got to, I, I was frankly astounded when we prayed for people Sunday, um, probably half of the folks I prayed for myself, it was about wayward children or believing God for someone to come to Christ or come home to Jesus. Okay, so how are we talking about them? when we're not in church, what's coming out of our mouth. See, we have to discipline ourselves to say what we want and not what we don't want. Faith counts the things that are not as though they were. That's it. Faith counts the things that are not as though they were. Faith counts the things that are not as though they were. And then in time, it is done. And then in time, it is done. See, I believe I receive. And... Uh, there's a believing you receive stage, but once you, once you have it, well, you don't have to believe you receive for that. Now you, t I call them faith guns. Don't get offended by that. I, I, I call them faith guns. Then I turn my faith guns on something else. See, I'm believing for something. Austin used a car as an example, believing for a car. Then you have the car. You don't have to use your faith for that anymore. Then you can believe for something else. Amen. Amen. And we just confess our way through this stuff. Now, Austin was using Abraham as an example, and it's interesting because probably when, when Paul wrote these words, we don't know that he had a copy of the book of Mark. You know, I really feel sorry for early Christians because, well, actually, I should feel more sorry for us. I was going to say because they had to operate with no written Bible. 
but they got a heck of a lot done not operating with a written Bible, whereas now we have the written Bible everywhere, hard drives, phones, everywhere, and people don't get much done. But imagine, imagine not having the writings of the Apostle Paul. Imagine not having the four Gospels. But you heard about Jesus and you believed. They were at a great disadvantage. And so he writes these words, Romans 4, 17, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Now, I doubt anybody here would be this ridiculous but sometimes people have confused this with mind science or christian science see mind science christian science calls those things which are as though they weren't i'm not sick uh you know there's no such thing as satan there's no such thing as sin there's no such thing as evil that's nonsense that's mind science christian science calling things that are as though they weren't that's not what that's not what the bible says here that's not what god does that's not what abraham did he called things that are not as though they were. And that's what faith is. And that's why, you know, the Bible says that the unsaved man cannot understand the things of the spirit. And that's why when you're around unsaved relatives and you try and explain your lifestyle to them, it's just, they just don't get it at all. But we're not walking by sense, we're walking by faith. And actually they're walking by faith too, they just don't know it. They're walking, by, <laughs> they're walking by faith in, you know, Trump or Obama or I don't know if anybody has faith in Biden, but they're, <laughs> they're walking by faith and, you know, Fauci or Burks or, you know, they're walking by faith. They just have their faith in the wrong thing. Amen. They're walking by faith in what the college professor says, whatever they're, they're walking by faith in. My God, I am so grateful. My mother took me to Bethesda Missionary Temple in 1960. She checked me into Sunday school. I can see the table. I can see it. I can see the little room. I can see the table. And I sat there, five years old. I, I don't remember her name, but the Sunday school teacher told us about Jesus. And without seeing him, Without any revelation, just hearing the story, I fell in love with Jesus. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. What a privilege it is to know him. What a privilege it is to have a relationship with him. Hallelujah. What a privilege it is. Paul said we do not walk this earth as other men do. We do not live as other men do. John 1 says that they stumble around in darkness. The lights come, but they love the darkness. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Amen. Amen. Against all hope, verse 18, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. And this is the key to the whole thing, just as it had been said to him. Say it out loud, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. 
and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Hallelujah. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words that was credited to him were not written to him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. And notice what God credited to Abraham as righteousness, his faith, not rule following. And I think that there's a great misunderstanding about this. And... Uh, I think it's one of those horrifying truths about God. I mean, I could stand here and name names, but I would never do that. I could stand here and cite examples, but I would never do that. Of people that they didn't really live clean lives. I'm talking about people in the ministry, but they had faith. And they built stuff. And they had private jets and did all of this. It's, it's kind of uh, not what we would expect. And, you know, you've got people, and they think that because they follow the rules, God owes them. How many people do you know got healed because they followed the rules? How many people do you know that live in their dream home because they followed the rules? I, now, I'm not against following the rules. I think... I, th I think the, the rules of the Ten Commandments are great to follow. I'm talking about all these rules man comes up with. And why are all the rules man comes up with related to women? The length of a woman's hair, how much makeup she has, the length of the skirt and all of this stuff, it's amazing. Look, anytime anybody's got a bunch of rules for women, you better run. Because they're into rules for man rules from man and not faith in God. Now, again, I think that I think there are rules to follow the Ten Commandments. I think I don't care what people say. Uh, they should still be followed. The one having to do with the Sabbath that's been moved from the Sabbath to the Lord's Day in the book of Acts. That's obvious to anybody who actually can read and think simultaneously. You know, we, we've got a guy we know, and he's out here Shabbat and somewhere. And uh, this is a direct violation of what Paul wrote. You, you cannot come into the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and then go back and follow the rules of Moses. When I say rules of Moses, you understand there are two kinds of laws in the Old Testament. There is the moral law of God, the Ten Commandments. That is eternal. It doesn't change. It will not change. It's not going to change tomorrow. But then you have the ceremonial law. And the ceremonial law was a very excellent thing to have in place for ancient people. And so rules having to do with hygiene. And when you're moving two and three million people across the desert and uh, they don't know things like why you have to cook pork thoroughly. All those rules and regulations were good for those ancient people. They, they're not going to do us any good whatsoever, and so we don't pay any attention to them. Now, we can learn a few lessons from them. You know, we know, for example, that shellfish is not really the healthiest thing to eat, but that doesn't mean it's a rule. doesn't mean it's a law. We're New Testament people. 
Amen. You know, anybody that reads knows that, uh, you know, an excess of bacon is probably not good for you. But, you know, we're New Testament Christians. Glory to God. You know, we're not Jewish folk. Amen. So, you know, and as long as we move in moderation in all things, well, we're okay. Amen. But that's not the same as violating one of the Ten Commandments. Amen. So there's a great misunderstanding because you spend a half a century in the ministry, you've heard people say, I don't know why God won't heal me. You know, I never committed adultery and uh, I never did this and I never did that. You, you can't earn anything with God. And the whole idea of deserving something is a total absolute snipe hunt because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah, yeah, but my sin's not as bad as that guy's sin. Well, that's a whole wrong mindset. I was just reading it this afternoon. I think it's Luke 3.13. Jesus said, repent or perish. There's no special groups. That's going, there's no special group going to get a dispensation. So a lot of religious people all around the world are heavy duty into rule following, but they have no love in their hearts. And they have no faith in God. And woe to them because their religion is worthless. They have no love in their hearts and they have no faith in God. So Sue asked me the other night, what would you say are the most important words in the Old Testament? And I answered the Shema, which is found in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. Then Moses went on to say, verse Verses 6 to 9, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. See, they never did that. That's the whole point. You go to the, you go to the book of Psalms and you read Psalms. The, the law of God, the word of God was in David's heart. And, and it's obvious that David loved God. It's obvious. Now he made, a, you know, God made him rich and then he made a bunch of mistakes. But to his credit, he didn't make nearly as many mistakes as Solomon did. So, you know, God bless him. But my point is that when he was a young man and he was out there and he was tending sheep, I mean, he had the love of God in his heart. It's obvious uh, in the Psalms. And that was the whole objective from the beginning, but they didn't get it. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. See, it's all about the children. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and, and when you lie down and when you get up. See, why, why are people losing their children? Well, because they're talking about the Kardashians and they're talking about all kinds of stuff that doesn't mean anything and a bunch of people are going to be in hell anyway. They're talking about stuff that has no eternal consequence. And then to make it worse... They learn this from preachers that chase this. You know, if the office got a phone call tomorrow, you know, this celebrity wants to marry for the third time and they want to marry this celebrity for the fourth time and uh, they want, they saw Pastor Gene on television and will he do it? The answer is no. <laughs> you know, not, I think it's good when people want to get married, but how many times? I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade. But the point is, I don't want, I don't want my name associated with all of that. Amen. 
Yeah, but you could witness to them. <laughs> yeah, that goes on at, at Billy Bob's all the time, I'm sure. People going down there to witness. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Of course, I think he was speaking figuratively, but the Jews did that literally. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You see the same thing in Deuteronomy 11, verses 13 to 21, and Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 to 41. It's all about love. It's amazing to me how people can read the Old Testament and they miss the love. All they see is rules. I guess it's what you're looking for when you're reading. But it's, all, it's, it's about love and it's always been about love. And it's, it's easy to judge them, isn't it? It's easy to judge them. Well, those people went off the tracks because they got into rules and, and they weren't into love. Well, have you ever been to a Pentecostal church? What are they into? L rules. Do they, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a church where people talked about each other nonstop all the time? I have. I worked in a church like that. They wore me out. Sometimes we come across information, sure, but that doesn't mean we have to go tell it. And like Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, used to say, our ears are not supposed to be slop buckets. We shouldn't have ears for it. You know, if, if people are maybe around me, they might hear me say, I don't want to hear that. You know, I don't want to hear a, neg a negative or an evil report about a brother. I mean, if something's got to be dealt with, okay, it's got to be dealt with. But I don't like storytelling. God gets no credit for it, but every covenant God ever made with man has been a covenant of love. It's been a covenant of love. And people won't be in hell because they broke this rule or that rule. People will be in hell because God loved them and they didn't requite his love. They didn't return his love. Jesus said, repent or perish. And who were his listeners when he said, repent or perish? Talk to me. Who were his listeners when he said, repent or perish? They were Jewish folk. They were the children of Abraham. But he said, repent or perish. So it's always been about love. It's always been about love, and God's people have missed it. Money's about love. You know, when, when we were young and we started out, I think Sunday I told a story back from 1988 when we moved into that first building up at I-30. You know, I, I, was, I was trying to, I felt like I was wrestling an alligator to, to get my mind right and get my confession right and get my believing right and get this thing of money down. And uh, now all these years later, it's, it's so easy because money's about love. It's the easiest thing in the world. See, the problem is the book of James says you have not because you ask amiss. And I think a lot of times people want the money, but what are they going to do with it? Are they going to walk in love? 
Boy, they're shutting me down. They just love this stuff. <laughs> oh, glory. It's almost offensive, isn't it? I know it for Pastor Gene to stand here and say, money's easy. When I was a young man, I didn't see that. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like wrestling an alligator. I mean, I, you know, I was trying to come to terms with it and believe God. And, you know, I was out there every morning at 5 o'clock and, you know, and God must have got tired of me. Sir John Templeton wrote in an opinion piece in the New York Times and he said, the more we give away, the more we have left. It's amazing. A man in the church sent me my own message from 2005, the Father's Day Guys Night Out message, 2005. And in that message, I'd mentioned that since Sue and I got married, we'd given $750,000 into the gospel. And a week or two ago, I guess I mentioned that we had crossed $8 million personally. So in... 2005, it was $750,000, which seemed like a heck of a lot of money. Now, because they've printed all this money, you know, for $750,000, you might be able to buy a Fox and Jacobs house. $8 million and never missed it. Never missed it. But people will change churches on tithing. People will change churches on challenge offerings. People will change. In fact, the, the biggest Sunday for people to change churches is the Sunday before a challenge offering. <laughs> they don't even see it. They don't even see it. They don't even see it. It's not about the money. It's about love. And if I love him... And I love people, then I can be generous on every occasion. And not only does God make it up to me, God takes what I give him and he multiplies it. I mean, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Your, your Jehovah's Witness brother-in-law? Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Some cheapskate? Who are we talking about? We're talking about, we're talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the one who multiplied the loaves and the fishes. That's who we're talking about. And, but, but, you know, Christians, they're afraid to give them anything. I might do without. <laughs> well, you probably will, because that's what you just said. It's about love. Hallelujah. If we could only see it, if we could only see it, there's no telling what he could do through us. If we could only see it. So as you can see from the Shema, it's all about love. It's all about the word. It's not about rules. And that's why sometimes you've heard me say here, uh, we're not the faith police. We're not running around trying to police everything. Everybody needs to believe God. Every man must have his own faith. I had a missionary bothering the heck out of me years ago. And he was trying to put me on a guilt trip. Well, and this is back up at I-30. I mean, we didn't hardly have much. And, you know, he was trying to put me on a guilt trip. I'm, I'm preaching for him in Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Honduras, somewhere. And, and he was trying to put me on a guilt trip. You have so much. 
and, and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that and I have these needs. He's trying to put me on a guilt trip. And the next morning I'm out praying about it. And the Lord gave me a life lesson. He life coached me that next morning. And he said, if you met every need you came across while you were visiting this country, how long would it take you to go broke? And I said, I don't know, three days, two days. It wouldn't take long. And then he gave me a lesson to live by for the rest of my life. And I have lived by it and I've not felt bad about it. He said to me, every man must have his own faith. And so I come, you know, ministers come through here and we're a blessing to them. When they speak for us or if they're a missionary, we're a blessing to them. But, I, you know, if, if, if they drive up in some old car or I find out they don't have two nickels to rub it again, I'm delivered. I've been delivered. I've been set free. I don't feel bad about it because the Lord life coached me and he gave me a life lesson to live by. Every man must have his own faith. Amen. And I'm not responsible for meeting the other guy's needs. Because you know what? They have a Bible. If they don't have a Bible, we'll give them one. They have a Bible and they're, they're supposedly praying to the same God I'm praying to. So that the divergence in results is their problem and not my problem. Every man must have his own faith. Amen. 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 You know, I, I, I was out of the office on vacation. Then we had the ice week. So it had been a while. It had been a while. So I'm sitting up in the office yesterday and I open up the file from uh, this past, uh, well, it'd probably be like Monday. And then the same thing from last, week, last year. And, and I start laughing. Everything we have going on. And we just have more. And of course, you expect us to stack up this challenge money like Cord would, right, for the next building. Well, we are. We're not using it for, you know, some, uh, some other whatever. Amen. I'm not going to mention any numbers because people get offended at numbers. We had, we had people leave the church once when somebody found out how much we were spending on a billboard up at I-30. It was $1,400 a month, and people lost their minds. I mean, they lost their minds and quit the church. People, people just have no idea what stuff costs. I don't even know what stuff costs. They told me a few back in August what the water bill was, and I wish to God they hadn't. Man, it was, <laughs> dear God, you know. So people get hung up on the rules. The rules are for our good. There was never, a, God never gave man a law to curb sin that was for the good of God. Every law that God ever gave us to curb sin was for our good. It's not, it's not, it's not for his good. As Jesus said about the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Now let's go back to Romans 4, 17 and 18 to wrap this up tonight. Notice that by faith Abraham counted things that were not as though they were. And they came to pass, and they came to pass, and they came to pass. So without knowing Mark eleven twenty four, that's what he did. And I don't know that Paul had Mark, 20, Mark 11, 22 to 24 at his disposal when he wrote these words. Probably he did not. He might have heard about that sermon, but I don't think he would have had the gospel. 
as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God. My point is that these principles work together without these authors even knowing what the other guy is writing about because they're principles of God. They're principles of the kingdom. This is the way things work. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are, no, that are not as though they were. That's who he is. Say it out loud. That's who he is. That's, who he is. that's what he does. That's what, that's what he specializes in. He calls those things which are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him. Just as it had been said to him. Some of the most important words in the Bible right there. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So Abraham counted that Sarah was able to give birth to a child when she was 90 years old and she became the mother of Isaac. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be, just as it had been said to him. So Abraham believed that he, he could get the job done, even though he was 99, he wasn't going by how he felt at 99, and Abraham wasn't going by what he saw when he looked at Sarah's 90-year-old body. I mean, let's just be real about it. You know, he's believing for a kid, right? You're believing for a son, you're believing for a child. And, you know, you're in the tent. You're looking at this old 90-year-old woman. I mean, you know, talk about faith. I said, talk about faith. I said, talk about faith. And this stuff's in the Bible for a reason. When people have trouble having children, what are you saying? Are you saying what the guy in the long white coat has said or are you reading Romans 4 and believing and taking action on Romans 4? Because, I, look, I've been doing this a while, but I don't think we got any nine-year-old people at Faith Christian Center believing for a kid. <laughs> so if you're here or you know of somebody believing for a child, they got it made compared to this guy. 99-year-old guy with a 90-year-old wife. Yeah, but they lived longer back then. I don't care how long they live. 90 is 90. <laughs> Gravity takes over. <laughs> Stuff falls out of place. It just ain't what it used to be. I mean, 90 years of gravity is 90 years of gravity, whether it's today or thousands of years ago. Right? Right. Just as it had been said to him, to walk by faith is to walk by what God has said. Say it out loud. To walk by faith, walk by faith. is to walk by what God has said. Those poor people still in prison tonight for going to that protest. You know what they did? You know what they did? They walked by what a man said. And now, children, it's horrifying. I saw a picture today of a child, couldn't have been six, seven, or eight, you know, had had a double mastectomy, hysterectomy, Going by what man has said. Going by what man has said. 
You can't go by what man has said. You can't trust man. You cannot trust man. Say it, tell your neighbor, you cannot trust man. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you cannot trust man. No, faith, say it again. Faith is walking by what God has said. And this is why here at Faith Christian Center, we teach God's people that on any issue of life, the question to ask is simply this, what does God's word have to say about this? What, what, if, we, what if the church in America today asked that question about abortion? What if the church in America today asked that question about sexuality? What if the, what if the church in America today asked that question about marriage? What, what if the church, on any issue, the result would be very different. What does the word of God have to say about this? Amen. And when you're facing a shortage of money, when you have a challenge in your body, when you have a child that is not acting right, that's the question to always ask. What does God's word have to say about this? What does God's word have to say about this? And then to not be a doubt man, to not be a doubt woman, to be a faith man and to be a faith woman and, and not take action on what the psychologist said or not take action on what the college professor said and not take action on what the expert said, but to take action on the written word of God Amen. and do what God has said and act accordingly, including your confession. And life would be so simple. Life would be so simple. Amen. Life would be so simple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Life would be so simple to just go by what God has said. Say it out loud. What does God's word have to say about this situation? Tell your neighbor, that's the question. Tell the neighbor on the other side, that's the question. What does God's word have to say about this situation?